Hey guys, it's Kat. So before today's episode starts, I wanted to plug my Patreon. By contributing every month, you'll get access to exclusive episodes and creative content. The funding helps me afford new equipment and a better listening experience for you. The link to that Patreon is going to be www.patreon.com slash I'll leave that link in the description below, but if uninterested, enjoy today's episode. Bye. Test, test, one, two, three. Test, test, one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome to Brain Food. This is episode nine of season three. I'm blonde, which is exciting. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, you can clearly see that. And if you're not watching on YouTube, well, you should watch on YouTube because it's available and it's free and it's free everywhere on Spotify, but that's beside the point. I am exhausted, but the good news is that I... I'm blonde and it's 4th of July today and it's three o'clock in the afternoon so I have plenty of time and I'm usually rushing to do an episode um but today I'm pretty chill we're in a chill mood and I'll show you what I'm drinking today we are drinking just the juice of two limes and um some liquid IV powder and water because I need to take care of my body because I think the bleach honestly got to my head like I spent so much money on this and I saved up and it looks really, really good, but I wish it was a little bit whiter, Um, but it's okay. Today's an exciting day and today we're going to talk about depression and I feel like I talk about it a lot, but I haven't really done an intensive episode on it yet. So I think today's a really good day for that and um, I'm going to do a quick sound check, listen to my headphones because like... This is not recording. I'm going to go ape shit, guys. My camera has been acting up and okay, we're good. Um, so let's get started. Um, I wanted to talk about depression today because honestly, I don't really intense. I don't really intensely struggle with depression anymore, but it was a big part of my life and it was kind of a really big part of my adolescence. And I think it's a really important thing to talk about because there's a lot of people that deal with this issue. Um, Probably like the majority of the world deal, have dealt with or deal with this issue on an everyday basis. Like I take antidepressant meds and that's something I'm gonna get into too, but I have some questions that I asked um, and we're gonna answer them right now. Um, Let's see. Okay, somebody asked, Why do we repeat the same mistakes despite knowing it's wrong? It's called being comfortable. And that's a really, really big issue that a lot of people deal with. Um, They would rather be comfortable even if it's a repetitive, awful cycle. People are uncomfortable, or at least most people, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of people are uncomfortable with the thought of changing a routine because they don't really know what that holds, if it's going to be a good or bad choice for them. The good thing about me... (laughs) at least is it, it's a blessing and a curse. I didn't grow up with a lot of friends and the friends that I did have were not the best to me. They didn't treat me right. So I grew up really independent and I grew up doing a lot of things myself and I grew up with two parental figures that were really independent as well. So I, I've never really struggled with codependency and I feel like when it comes to depression, depression for me at least comes from myself. And not really, I know a lot of people deal with depression, like if they're dealing with um, a cyclic, cyclic, I don't even know if that's a word, a cyclic behavior, 
when it comes to relationships or it comes to a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is, even if it's a relationship with your parents, guardian, I feel like a lot of people deal with that. And I think that's just an add on of depression. Um, But depression for me at least is, it's not really the laying around, laying in my bed, you know, being sad or crying. Depression for me, because I, I, I deal with BPD, I deal with some things when it comes to bipolar where I kind of convince myself that I'm fine. And that for me is depression. I, I just, you know, I'm just going through the motions and doing the same thing over and over again, even if it's not like the staple, mm, I'm sad, I don't want to do anything. Like I'm going to work and I'm, you know, doing my schoolwork and I'm doing fine in school, but I feel nothing. And I feel like I don't have any motivation. But I'm still doing the same things over and over and over again. I did deal with a little bit of like the, you know, stereotypical, oh, I'm sad, I'm crying when I was like 14 or 15 in high school where I literally would rot away in my bed. And it was during COVID. So like that made it very accessible for me where I just would get home or I would just be home because I couldn't go anywhere. And I would just sit, literally sit in my bed wouldn't even be on my phone and just lay there for like 12 hours a day would be so lazy sometimes that I wouldn't even go to the bathroom I would like hold it until I was like crying and I had to go um so that's like the stereotypical um depression for a lot of people that's what people imagine when they see depression but I think you know the most I guess, familiar feeling for depression for me is just pushing through things that I just shouldn't be pushing through and that I could easily change. But it's it I can use like when I got sober as a perfect example where I wasn't well, at least like a week before I got sober, I was doing really horribly. But like all the time leading up to that, like it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as bad could be. And I was just waking up. sometimes I wasn't even waking up for school like my mom like I thank god I had my mom as a mom because my dad would go to work so like he didn't want to deal with my bullshit not that he was avoidant he just had to go to work my mom stays at home and works I would school I had to be up for school at like six I had to be there at 7 20 and sometimes I'd just be like no I'm not going like just because like I, I couldn't handle the thought of going to school and doing things because I was just so depressed and I didn't know it and the thought of school like learning to me is interesting it wasn't like the school part it was the social interaction part it was putting on a front part it was you know being there for fucking seven hours or nine hours sometimes because I did sports like it was like just like the whole facade of it and talking to people that made me really uncomfortable which made me depressed because then it was like why is talking to people so hard for me why like this shouldn't like you you think at least when you're a teenager or when you're younger that you know all these popular kids and kids who can talk to people really easily that like you know they don't deal with that issue but they do and everybody deals with you know depression in different ways like I said I for me depression was very much like social anxiety and always feeling like left out and that made me very insecure and that made me really bitter and mean sometimes not mean but it made me like very standoffish and then I was I was one or one of two things 
I either was really standoffish and didn't want to talk unless spoken to, or I was so extroverted where like people were like, shut the fuck up because I just wanted attention so badly. So like, it didn't matter what it was. People are always, you know, finding a reason to say that something was wrong with me or a reason why we couldn't be friends or a reason why, you know, and it's, I'm 50, 50 on it when it comes to that, because during that time of my life, like, I feel like all teenagers are a little bit fucked up, but at the same time, like I was dealt a bad hand of cards and that's all I can really say. I dealt with it. I'm here. I'm fine, but it wasn't right at the same time. Um, but I, I think to answer your question, oh my God, I think that people go back to toxic relationships. People go back to ex-boyfriends. People go back to people because it's comfortable and it's familiar. And the thought of, you know, starting all over again and the thought of trying something new and having to start from scratch with the possibility of failure is makes people uncomfortable. And I think that what I think, you know, not even when it comes to depression, I think that when it comes to anything in the world, that's why people are kind of stuck and a lot of people feel stuck for like the majority of their lives. And then they realize when they're older, like, oh, fuck, I could have done a bunch of things. I could have done this. But I was scared of failure. I was scared of changing something I was familiar with. And for me, that was <clears throat> being in a bad place. It wasn't even drugs. Like, you know, the drugs were, like I said, an add on. Just how like some people like they're depressed and then they have a relationship in their life that makes them more depressed. And that's an add on. For me, that relationship was drugs. I was already de depressed and I think I got diagnosed with depression when I was like 11. And this is another part of it. Um, the older that I get, I realize that like a lot of people don't take medication. And I'm grateful that medication worked for me. But it really doesn't work for a lot of people. And I think it's a mindset thing. And like I'm very moderate about when it my with my opinion when it comes to like medication and children um because it worked for me so I can't sit here and be like you shouldn't be medicating children because it did work for me but a lot of it's also a mindset thing where like I'm lucky that my mindset changed when it did because then you know there's no such thing as a magic pill there's no such thing as like there's mood stabilizers and of course it's going to change like your your chem chemically like in your body you're either going to be a little bit slower a little bit happier but that's all it's really going to do. Like, it's up to you on how you're going to deal with this depression, whether it's going to be therapy or you don't deal with it at all. Like, meds are, I, for me at least, and for my sister too, like, we've both been medicated since we were, like, seven. And it didn't work for a while. We're, like, I've probably tried over 25 medications in my lifetime, different, you know, prescriptions different you know higher lower doses I've always been on a medication I don't think I've not been on meds I think the longest I've ever gone was like seven or eight months because I the way I used to do it at least was I would take meds during the school year because I had ADHD and I wouldn't take them during the summer because I didn't need them it was basically like she needs to focus in school so we take medication and like the older and older I got like they realized like when I wasn't taking these meds like it wasn't only like the ADHD that I was dealing with like I would go into a rut sometimes where like I'd be misbehaving like crazy be throwing shit around the house like and I just I didn't understand like why I was having these outbursts like these emotional like because sometimes it wasn't even like a violent anger thing. Like it was just like I was so sad and that's how I would take it out. And I didn't know why. 
I was dealing with that. Let me change the focus on this. Damn. Okay, there we go. Much better. Um, my parents were like, well, maybe we should take her to like somebody else. Maybe they can, you know, because I don't think this is just ADHD that's going on. Like, of course, emotionally, like having outbursts and, you know, that's all part of the package when it comes to ADHD. But what I was dealing with was different than just what I was the one thing I was diagnosed with so I went to another psychologist and they were like yeah she has ODD ADHD fucking OCD like it was a bunch of things and I was my parents were like okay well we don't want to medicate her for like seven things like that's also not right because then she's not even gonna be herself and it was a big thing that went on from when I was like 10 till I was like 14 where like what do I medicate myself or do I not take medication because and I even remember like, oh God, this was so fun. I've, this has been like imprinted in my mind for a long time. I remember when I was like 10, I was super defiant with therapists and doctors. Cause of course, like when you're eight or nine, you're like, I don't want to be talking to doctors. Like, why am I not at school? Why am I like, what's wrong with me? Like, I don't understand. And you know, they were my, I was in the room with like my parents and this doctor and they were asking me questions. I was just fucking sitting there like hmm, not saying anything. And, you know, my dad finally was like, OK, well, if we're not if she if we don't medicate her now, she's going to medicate herself in the future. And that's exactly what I did, because I refused to take my meds for and like when I was like 14, like I would like take my medication, my parents would give it to me, I'd put it under my tongue, either like spit it out or I would just straight out, flat out be like, no. And I never took it consistently. And I think the meds worked when I was a kid. Now that I look back on it, like they did, but it was me that was the problem. Like I always thought like it's the meds, like I don't need medication. I don't, I don't know what I'm taking. And it was like this big fight for like years. Like I'm not taking it. And of course the meds aren't going to work if you're not taking it consistently. I was like, I would take it for like three days. I would forget. And then my parents would be like, okay, you have to stop forgetting because we're wasting money, first of all. And the meds aren't working. And now like it's messing with your chemical imbalance in your body. Like you're acting out. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't need the meds. Blah, blah, blah. And then I wouldn't take it for like a week. And then I would start going crazy with my misbehavior. Like, in, like it, it got bad when it started to happen in school because it was always like, oh, she's so well behaved everywhere else but home. And that goes straight back to what I said about being familiar and being comfortable in a spot. Like I was comfortable because I lived with my parents. I lived with my sister. So like there was, even though there wasn't like my parents giving me leeway to act like a bitch and a crazy kid, like there weren't the same consequences that there would be like if I acted like that in school like I wouldn't go to school like they'd kick me out of the school if I acted the way that I did so subconsciously I kind of knew that like I can't act like this at home because oh, my, oh, my parents are gonna take shit away from me but like this isn't real this isn't like the real world like it's just home and when I was 14 I started doing like heavy drugs and then still like inconsistently taking my medication so now I'm mixing two types of you know drugs basically and it made me fucking crazy like that's when I misbehaved the most like I was getting in trouble in school I was getting suspended from school my grades were really bad I shaved my head like I look back on that time and it's like you know I'm not I always say this where it's like I'm not embarrassed but like I kind of am of like, it's who I am. And that girl's still part of me. But she's not, 
she's not coming out <laughs> forever but it's a part of my past and it's a part of who I am and I know I'm not gonna go back to that place but I went through it it happened but at the same time it's like really just should have taken my meds and listened to authority but I just I couldn't do it and yeah I I just I, I think taking medicine or meds to help you know a condition that you have you need to take it consistently and you need to be open to taking it because a lot of the time and this is what I'll say this is why I'm in the middle about it is if your kid is saying no I don't want to take this don't give it to them they need to be like okay okay with it because if they don't want to take it like then their mindset is I don't have a problem you need to be able to get through to them that they have the actual issue because I know this is a problem with a lot of kids my sister dealt with it too where she was like I don't have a problem there's nothing wrong with me because like at the time like you're like nine through like 13 like you don't think anybody else around you is going through that and the older that you get you realize that a lot of people deal with what you dealt with and you need you need to like get through to a child that like okay this is an issue that you actually deal with like don't just shove meds down their throat don't bring them to therapists all the time you need to focus and be a mature parent and be like okay you have this issue and we can go about it like you can be oh cool (laughs) about going to therapy but like I'm not don't force it on your kid because then you're going to be very your kid is going to be resentful towards you and I was super resentful against my parents for like so long I didn't I didn't enjoy going to therapy until I was 17 like I stopped going to therapy when I was 16 like I was finally like I went through like I don't even know how many therapists like so many Where, like, I would, like, literally, like, flip them off, be like, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't want to talk about this with you. And they'd be real with me. And that was the problem. Like, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to accept that I had these issues. And I remember one therapist once was like, you're either, like, if you continue on the road that you're on, you're going to get raped. You're going to get killed. You're going to overdose. And and that, to me, was like, I literally flipped her off and I walked out of the room and, like, fucking threw shit in the office I was like I genuinely didn't want to hear what she had to say because I knew like I knew it was true but at the time I was like she's full of shit she's trying to scare me but truly like she was right and I ended I ended up like three or four months not three or four months probably like six months later having a gun to my head from a coke dealer and like being in the lowest point of my life and having no friends losing everybody everybody at school hated me and like you know looking back at it now shouldn't have been treated the way that I was treated but at the same time you have to this is a broad statement but I had to realize my audience my mom always said this to me she was like if you're gonna do this with your appearance and the way that you are and the way that you speak you have to know your audience you can't get offended when people reject you because these people are old money, white people. They don't want anything to do with anything that's different than that. You know, it's not a racist thing. I mean, sometimes it is. But to me, it wasn't, obviously. But it was very much an environment thing. And I didn't want to hear it. I was just like, why is nobody accepting me? Why? Like, I had to know my audience. 
And of course I didn't, like I said, didn't deserve the way that I was treated. But looking back at it now, you know, I should have just known who I was on the inside and not trying to perform and prove to everybody that I was somebody by making my appearance crazy. And looking back at it now again, like in retrospect, like I did all of those things for like attention. It was a cry for help going through my head. I wasn't thinking that, but looking back at it, it was like, give me attention. I'm in so much pain. Like I need help. I need someone to just throw me a line. Like, yeah, I was depressed in a different way back then. I was manic. I had manic depression because I was so convinced that everybody in the world was out to get me when I put an, I put a, put an, like I put like a, basically a target on my back. And when people shot at it, I was like, how dare you? It's not right, but that's what I did. <laughs> I'm going to be real. That's what I did. And um, five more minutes and then we're going to take a break and we'll be back. But anyway, I just, I had no sense of reality or, you know, I had no sense of reality. I was just very much like, the world revolves around me. Even though like I wasn't thinking that I was just like growing up, I just always was at doctor's offices and oh, there was always a problem with me. So like the attention was always on me and growing up I had, with a little sister whose issues that were so different than mine. I know there's parts of her that were like, you know, she was always the center of attention. She always got everything she wanted. But like when I was going through that, it was very much like. I don't want these these eyes on me. I don't want this attention and I don't want everybody always telling me like what's wrong with me or like if I'm okay. And in you know going into my adolescence, going from that into like being a teenager like if the attention wasn't on me like cuz subconsciously that that printed something in my head like oh the attention's always on you. Even if you don't want it, it's always going to be like that. And going into middle school and high school like and then not making any friends because I was a depressed asshole I I just was like why is nobody paying attention to me you know there's there I have so much to say but like I I should like why am I not just receiving this like it's fucked up to say out loud like I realize that but that's how it was and if it wasn't constantly getting in trouble, like that's why I did get in trouble. Like I would get in trouble on purpose. I would yell. I would say crazy things. I would offend people on purpose. Like again, not thinking that when it was happening, but looking back at it now, that's of course, that's what it was. I was always looking for attention because that's always how it was. And now I just, you know, I see patterns of it sometimes, but I think it's just morphed into like a personality thing where I'm just extroverted now um, sometimes I'm feel like I'm kind of in the middle, but you know, I'm not actively looking for attention anymore. Like it, it's not worth it. I just have a story to tell and like do things like this, right? I'm on a podcast, right? And I just tell my story in a mature way and I'm not, you know, exempt, you know, not trying to like, what the fuck is the word? Holy shit. I'm not trying to exaggerate anything you know, for attention. I'm just telling it how it is. And that's it. Um, we're going to take a quick break. I will be back in like literally, well, for you, two seconds. But 
We're going to take a quick break and I will be right back. Okay. We are back. I can't believe how blonde my hair is. Holy shit. Um, love my hairdresser. Love her. But girl, there's some orange strands in there. I got purple shampoo. Um, oh, also exciting news. I am planning a trip in France. My best friend. So I'm very excited for that. And, you know, I have lots of good things coming my way. And I'm, I'm excited for it. And... Yeah, I just want to say that. I'm I'm tired. Been working a lot, not going to lie. But, you know, this past month has taught me lots of things about myself and lots of things I need to work on. Um last night there was a full moon in Capricorn. I know you guys don't care, but when there's full moon love the traffic outside. Um when there's full moons, I always tend to write a lot of stuff down. Um, goals, plans, things I want. And I think one of them this month has to be, for sure, um, trying to just focus on me. And I spent the whole year doing that. And kind of when the summer kicked off, I was like, you know, maybe I should try dating. Maybe I should, maybe I should try. And I always, 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 always tend to end up with these same partners in different fonts. And they're never good for me and I always think that it's going to be different and it's not. And that should teach me about something about myself and that should tell me about something about myself. I'm not ready to be dating. I'm not, I'm not fully healed enough because if I'm attracting similar people over and over and over again, that's not just, you know, I'm a victim. That's also me entertaining it. And that's something I need to work on. I... I tend to go for older partners and that runs me into a roadblock a lot. So that is one of my goals for the rest of my life, <laughs> maybe, I guess, is to just, you know, focus on myself. Don't set my standards ridiculously high and then settle for someone where my where my standards are just ridiculously low. Because I convince myself like, oh, like this person's a great person. They just have some little flaws and they're pretty big flaws. Um, you need to focus on me. I need to be real with myself. This past month, I've talked twice about some stuff with men. Mine shouldn't be on that all the time. That's not healthy for me. Um, I think if I'm going to be mature and real with myself, I think I should just focus on myself. And I feel like whenever I start to focus on relationships and stuff like that, I fall short. And again, that should tell me something about myself. Maybe I'm not fully healed yet and I need to keep working hard um, on me. Not just physically, mentally. I need to stay consistent. Um, so we're going to look at some more questions. Um, can't believe it's 4th of July. <laughs> Hope no fireworks start going off. Yo. I had fireworks going off until 3 a.m. for the past two weeks. Like, bruh. Someone asked, how's it... <laughs> That's a fucked up. You're fucked up. Okay. How's a disco craft... I... Nope. Disco... Nope. Nope. Okay. Whatever that word is, we're going to say that. 
of your young tango affected yours or your surrounding culture and life? It's a pretty cool question. I know who that is, a friend of mine. Um, I think growing up in a culture of um, a lot of rich people, not like rich in the sense of like being well off, like rich in the sense of like fuck you money everywhere. $20 million homes on, you know, Long Island Sound. And it's just ridiculous money. Has kind of altered my um, my brain chemistry when it comes to work ethic. Because I wanted nothing to do with that. And I think it's because of my parents. And I think a part of it made me very resentful towards people with money. And that's fucked up, but it did. And um, it's another thing I need to work on. I, I, I think always you know being around people who had so much money made drugs very accessible and not like you know weed and stuff like that like bad shit white people drugs like (laughs) mdma cocaine like things that were just not good for me to grow up and um yeah, to answer your question, I, I think moving to the city and having some actual culture in my life, not to say where I grew up wasn't culture, but it's a culture of like, <laughs> it's like a section of white people, I guess. Um, I think moving to a city where I got everything, you know, even though there's so much money here, I have some culture and family and especially where I live. I, I live in in West Harlem and I actually have families that I see every day. I have thousands of ethnicities around me every day and that's not something I grew up around. And you know, as weird as it may sound, like I think I need that to be around different walks of life and different people because I grew up in a section of the world where everything was the same. Everything was based upon how much money you had, what kind of bags you had. And it's like, as prissy and pretentious as that sounds, that's the way it was. And it sucked because my parents are well off, but we're not taking private jets and have indoor pools in our homes. Like, that's just not realistic. That's fuck you money. And kind of being convinced that that's normal because it's totally not normal kind of made me just very like, embarrassed which is crazy because moving here when I tell people where I'm from they're like holy shit and like my parents are well off but I didn't think that way when I was younger you know you're just like a little teenage asshole and you're like why don't I why can't I have a Louis Vuitton bag for three thousand dollars and my parents were like fuck no (laughs) like who do you think you are um yeah it was just like a weird subsection to grow up in Super weird to explain to people because all they hear is blah, 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 white people, money, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, boohoo, poor you. But it's still weird. Um, now I live here and I have friends who come to visit me and they are culture shocked. And it's so great to see. Like, I don't see a lot of people from home unless they're like family. Um, I don't like bringing people here anymore. I've had couple situations in the past couple months where it's just like I left there for a reason and I shouldn't be bringing people back here because it's not going to change who they are you know I left Long Island to get away from people like that and get to get away from pretentious behavior and to get away from 
conformity. And I'll have friends from high school or just Long Island in general. And it's like a complete culture shock. Like you live here, you take the train, you take the bus. It's like, fuck you. Like I left for a reason like that. Like you were literally the reason of why I left. And it's not like, you know, what I just said, the way I just said it. But it's like innuendos for it. Like, oh, I could never live here when we see a homeless person. I'm like, well, okay, privilege. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't enjoy seeing homeless people every day. I don't enjoy seeing poverty and people suffering, but I do my best to do what I can. And I'm not closed-minded. And I know who I am as a person. That's just closed-mindedness, I guess. And people could say, like, oh, it's just the type of person I am. And like, yeah, you're right. You're closed-minded and kind of privileged. <laughs> just saying. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful, like I said, to have parents that I did. You know, my dad's a little uh, closed-minded. But he's with my mom. And my mom is the most open-minded person I know. And she's just a walking goddess when it comes to culture and, you know, open, opening my eyes up to things. And, you know, giving me a little bit of everything when it comes to life. And... That's why I'm able to live in a place like this in New York. And yeah, I guess that's the answer to your question. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Somebody asked a really good question. Oh, okay. What are some things that help you with depression, whether it's general or severe diagnosed? And what are some things that may spark up depression? Um, I guess things that helped me was um, writing for sure. Even though that sounds kind of dumb, like, write your issues down. If you write them down, they'll come out. Like, get like a get like a behavior book. That's what I did. You know, my therapist would always be like, do page 701 and like do these for, you know, your next session. And I was always just like, fuck no. And then I remember like the name of the book, like someone brought it up in my psychology class. And I was just like, oh, shit, I used to have that book. And it was like a workbook, like you'd write basically like how people journal down their problems, like a diary and stuff like that. Like there's just, it's just a book of questions and you just write it down. And I bought the book in like 2021 and it's super helpful, you know, because like sometimes your brain is running faster than how you can write. So you just kind of focus, you know, hyper-focus on something that you really need to write about because sometimes your brain is just running so fast where you just have a million things. When it comes to a book, it's asking you a question about one thing. And you can go on and on and on and on and on. And then you just go to the next subject and you just write about things that you struggle with. Because sometimes to talk about it, people don't have the ability yet, especially at, you know, an age that I am or especially the age that I was. Like I was 16 when I got that book. It was very much like I wasn't I didn't have the ability to vocalize how I was feeling yet, even though they were in here and I knew what to say, like actually like to keep a conversation going about it was very difficult for me because I could say like, Oh, I'm sad. And then someone would be like, why? And I'd be like, uh, because you don't want to say something on accident that you're going too far. And, you know, having a book like that, like you can go far, I guess, and say what you really feel. And if you keep it hidden, nobody has to know about it. And then you're constantly moving over obstacles that way. You know, I have this podcast because I had that book and I was able to like, okay, like, ooh, these are some smart words. Read a lot. Reading a lot helps. Like, even if it doesn't have to be like mental health books, like actually putting your eyes to like a physical piece of paper and reading instead of on your phone, like 
it's gonna make you smarter person um i try to read a new book like every month because i know i can i can do on like every couple weeks like i know i work a lot i I have school like i have shit going on but i try to read at least one book or at least half a book a month or do something or just like read like a physical newspaper or print something out before i do something um i have my little book it's one of my favorite books called Fourteen Thousand things to be happy about and i just go with the highlighter and highlight the things that actually make me happy because it's literally just a book of like things that made the author happy and I'll just highlight the things that make me happy and that could be a journal prompt right about why that makes you happy um I think another thing is being really um have a lot of gratitude for things say why things make you grateful actually understand why you're grateful for them and not just saying that you're grateful for them actually vocalize and write down why you're grateful for certain things like I know I'm grateful for my parents, my mom, I'm very grateful for them. Um, I'm grateful for the ambition that she gave me. I'm grateful for the independence and fearfulness, fearfulness, pff, the um, fearlessness that she's given me. I'm grateful for my dad because of the um, the stoicness that he has, the work ethic, the you know strong, independent person that he is. I'm grateful for both of my parents before they had me to be able to stray away from a family that they didn't really connect with, even though that they loved them. I'm grateful that my parents understand that about me because I'm the same way. I love my parents, but I approach life differently than they do. And they accepted that I needed to move out of the house and be my own person and pursue what I wanted because that's what they did. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my sister even though she's um, a little mean <laughs> sometimes, I'm grateful for how different that we are and um, our different approaches to life and you know the respect I have for her because she deals with depression, but in a different way that I do, for sure. We are two completely different people. Um, when I say I'm extroverted, this girl... My sister is probably the most introverted person I know. So I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I've been given with my life. I'm grateful for the school that I go to, that my parents are able to pay for it. I'm grateful for this apartment. I'm grateful for my work ethic. I'm grateful for a lot of things. And even just saying that right now, it means something. It resonates with you. I think... um, a lot of people struggle with understanding why they're grateful for things. They're just told that they they need to be and they just accept that. Um, I think the most insulting thing that you could say to me is that I'm ungrateful or I'm lazy or I don't respect things because I'm none of those things. And I was when I was a kid, which was why it gets me so disrespected. But I have a lot of respect for people around me. And um, I think being the complete opposite a couple of years ago made my respect stronger because I didn't care about anything or anyone. And that's what depression does to you. It makes you lose hope in things, be really cynical. And I can be cynical at times, but it's not the same sort of cynicism that I was dealing with. I was just very much like, well, I'm going to die. I remember telling my father, well, I'm going to be dead at 20 anyway, so why does it matter? And genuinely believing that. Like, knew that drugs were going to kill me or it was going to be somebody else or whatever it was going to be, like I was going to be dead pretty soon so when you get in that headspace 
and suicidal and you lose hope you so you lose hope in people you lose help in the people that say care about you and you always think that they're lying and you become an awful person depression can really make somebody awful it makes someone bitter and mean and they don't even know it because that's what's morphed them into their personality is their depression so i'm grateful for a lot of things because i was not heading down a nice road for a long time so yeah be grateful for things write down why you're grateful tell people why you're grateful for them you know things are going to get stressful things are going to suck had literally almost just bought a plane ticket and they said like the round trip was like low <laughs> they almost charged me $1,400 when they said it was 300 that would have sucked like that actually and now like my plans are like kind of scattered but like I know everything is going to be fine so I'm fine um shit happens and people just need to get over it and I know that's like kind of blunt and abrasive of me to say but like shit happens if you hyper focus on like of course you should have some structure in your life and but you should also you need to have a balance you need to be like go with the flow but have structure and be disciplined but at the same time if you're way too disciplined you leave no doors open for anything except for the hallway that the one hallway that you see all the doorways are locked you don't see anything else you know when it comes to goals that's a great way of thinking you know because you just go for it and you work hard for it but when it comes to like a way of life if that's the way that you think like you'll never be in a relationship you'll never trust people because you only trust yourself and i you know kind of in that space right now but i love my family and i love my friends so like that's always open to me so yeah i think that's another little helpful tip um let's see what the other question is someone says have you tried not being sad i mean yeah but it never works um yeah i think for the past month i don't think i was depressed i just think i was not dealing with certain issue i'm gonna go crisscross applesauce one second you know knock over my water okay yeah let's see you can see me yeah i just i i dealing with a lot of romantic issues um with different people and i think that's another issue that i deal with too i think i get bored really easily and it's not right and i hate doing it and i think i should just focus on myself because you know not only is another person hurting me but then i'm hurting them by being like okay i'm done okay if one person offends me with a little comment i tend to be like okay yeah we're done which is like fair i wouldn't want to be it the other way around where it's like okay you could keep offending me and i don't do anything about it but like i said you need to have balance i I need to have a balance when it comes to like healthy relationships because i have great ones with plutonic relationships when it comes to men it's just i i literally become a crazy person and i'm like i don't become obsessive or anything i just like if the guy's an understanding that i like them i get really upset because i'm super forward and i'm never super you know like out there when it comes to like telling people that i like them like i do it one or two times and if they don't get it like i go on stronger and if they still don't get it okay i'm like okay i'm done and that could come off like really intense sometimes and i know that and fuck i'm talking about men again okay we're gonna change the conversation 
Oh my god, my hair. I love it, but... What happened, girl? Why is it a little bit orange? Okay. Um, yeah, just lots of shit I gotta focus on. I just gotta focus on me. And as soon as I focus on me, and I'm healthy about it, healthy partners will come into my life. Like, uh, I literally will run into the same issue, and I've never really talked about this publicly, but, like, I... Okay. I'm going to be careful. <laughs> no, I can't say it. No, 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 no. Okay, fine. I lost my virginity to a girl when I was like 12. And with women, I'm fine. I really am. But with men, I've never done anything with guys. I No, not anything. Like, I've kissed guys and done things with guys, but I've never had sex with a man before. So... I get super uncomfortable with the thought of that. And the older I get, the more intense (laughs) that feeling comes. So I just like, I think that's why I am the way with men. Because with women, I'm very mature. And I'm very much like, okay, talk issues out. But with men, it's like, okay, I don't want you to hurt me. Okay, bye. (laughs) And then that's it. So I think I just need some more life experience and I'll be okay. And I think time heals all. So I think that was a good episode. Um, really happy. Sorry to leave it on that note, but I'm okay. It's just like Kat needs to focus on her again. No more dating. No more no more messing around. No more talking to multiple partners at once. We're just gonna focus on Kat. Um Yeah. I will see you in two Tuesdays. I will leave the link in the description. And if you're watching on YouTube, bye. You see my face, see my blonde hair, see my um my pimple that's been breaking out for like the past couple weeks. Um website will be in the link like i said in the bio and um i will see you in two tuesdays bye